Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I am really looking forward to these next few episodes where I'm going to read it through and maybe with a few comments here and there, but I am going to read through the book of Galatians. I may even venture out and read it in the Amplified Classic, the Message, and the Passion Translation, because I believe that repetition is so very important. And when God says in Jeremiah 23, 29, he says, isn't my word like a fire that will burn up everything that wouldn't make it through the test anyway? And isn't it like a hammer that can break the most stubborn resistance? Oh, my friends, the power of his word. It is great that we comment on the word. It's great that we read other books that take us into the word of God. And and it's like having a five-fold, you know, um, teaching gift, right, that, that speaks to us when we read these classic books that often I do on here. But there is nothing that replaces the reading of the Word of God. So I make no apologies for sharing these episodes with you here in these early days of 2023, that we might just let the purity of His Word wash through us. So incline your ear, my friends, and listen to his voice in his word and let it literally ignite you in the days that you're in and the days ahead. Love you all. All right, here we are continuing with our reading of the book of Galatians. Now I'm going to read again Galatians 2 this time out of the Passion Translation, and then make just a few comments. So stay with me in this reading. And again, never, ever apologize for repeating the truth. So here we go. Verse 1, Galatians 2. Fourteen years later, I returned to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas and Titus, my co-workers, God gave me a clear revelation to go and confer with the other apostles concerning the message of grace I was preaching to the Gentiles. I spoke privately with those who were viewed as senior leaders of the church, wanting to make certain that my labor and ministry for the Messiah had not been based on a false understanding of the gospel. Even though Titus was a Syrian, they accepted him as a brother without demanding that he first be circumcised. I met with them privately because false brothers had been secretly smuggled into church meetings. They were sent to spy on the wonderful freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Their agenda was to bring us back into the bondage of religion. But you must know that we did not submit to their religious shackles, not even for a moment, so that we might keep the truth of the gospel of grace unadulterated for you. Verse 6, even those most influential among the brothers were not able to add anything to my message. Who they are before men makes no difference to me, for God is not impressed by their reputations. 
So they recognized that I was entrusted with taking the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter was entrusted with taking it to the Jews. For the same God who empowered Peter's apostolic ministry to the Jews also flowed through me as an apostle to those who are Gentiles. When they all recognized this grace operating in my ministry, those who were recognized as influential pillars in the church, Jacob, Peter, and John, extended to Barnabas and me the warmth of Christian fellowship and honored my calling to minister to the Gentiles, even as they were to go to the Jews. They simply requested one thing of me, that I would remember the poor and needy, which was the burden I was already carrying in my heart. Verse 11. When Peter visited Antioch, he caused the believers to stumble over his behavior, so I confronted him to his face. He enjoyed eating with the Gentile believers who didn't keep the Jewish customs up until the time Jacob's Jewish friends arrived from Jerusalem. When he saw them, he withdrew from his Gentile friends, fearing how it would look to them if he ate with Gentile believers. And so, because of Peter's hypocrisy, many other Jewish believers followed suit, refusing to eat with Gentile believers. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocritical behavior. So when I realized they were acting inconsistently with the revelation of the gospel, I confronted Peter in front of everyone. You were born a Jew, but you've chosen to disregard Jewish regulations and live like a Gentile. Why then do you force Gentiles to conform to these same rules? Verse 15. Although we are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, we know that no one receives God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but only by the faith of Jesus, the Messiah. His faithfulness has saved us, and we have received God's perfect righteousness. Now we know that God accepts no one by the keeping of religious laws. If we are those who desire to be righteous through our union with the Anointed One, does that mean our Messiah condones sin even though we acknowledge that we are sinners? How absurd! For if I start over and reconstruct the old religious system that I had torn down with the message of grace, I would appear to be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. Verse 20, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something peripheral. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, then Christ would have died for nothing. So there you have the reading of Galatians 2 out of the Passion Translation. And I have just these few things just to say. It is so amazing, this gospel this message, and we must guard it. We must know it. 
we must make sure that we do not add to it or take away from it, that we do not attempt to earn something that cost Jesus his life to bring to us freely. You see, it costs God. My friends, it doesn't cost you. Now, it will cost everything for you to live in this life. And what is that cost? Well, you'll just have to give up hell. You'll just have to give up all the other ways that you've been trying to live life. So there is a cost, but it's not the same as you having to pay for it, having to earn it, or to produce it. Jesus did everything perfectly. It's his, my friends. It's what he has done. His performance, not yours. That has to pierce us to the deepest part of our being again and again and again as we stay with him, as we continue on. And this is why it's so powerful when Paul talks here about uh, our oneness, our union with him. You see, he's the vine, we are the branch. Everything of him is flowing into us. To believe this, my friends, is to slaughter every inch of unbelief that would dare rear its head against the truth of the gospel. And so we come face to face with that truth. Will I agree with God? Will I bow in true humility, which means I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to believe what God has revealed in Christ. Now, it's also interesting to see Peter. Mm, I do I do appreciate Peter. It is so interesting to see Peter go back into what I call an old atmospheric bondage. Now, this is Peter, okay? He has quite a history, <laughs> quite a history with Jesus. And, and knowing Jesus, walking with Jesus, having denied Jesus, having been fully restored to Jesus, living as an apostle, as, as Paul very you know well says that Peter is an apostle, the pillars of the church, right? And yet, as, as one who had rich history with God, he was mature, he was laying his life down, he was living out his assignment, all it took was some old friends coming back, right? And all of a sudden, there's Peter like, uh, okay, I'm going to go over here and eat with these guys, and I'm going to shun those whom I normally am with, living in my freedom. And he literally stepped back into an atmospheric bondage of religion. And Paul could not stomach this hypocrisy. And he actually, this this Galatians 2.20 that we all quote and love and embrace in its context is really a part of of Paul publicly rebuking Peter so this is very powerful for us to look at so i assure you any of us can be drawn back in to old atmospheric bondage that when we get into certain situations and certain uh, pressures from within and pressures from without. That's why the pressure from within is what the cross really has to deal with. I can't control if others are going to try to put pressure on me. You can't control if others are going to be trying to put pressure on you externally. But if 
the pressure points within have been dealt with by the cross and the life that you now share with Christ and your union with him. It's so personal. Your union with him. My friends, you'd have to deny Jesus to go back into uh, bowing to external pressures. So when our internal pressure points are dealt with, all the external pressure can come, but it can't find its Velcro inside of us. It can't find anything corresponding in us because we're not bowing to those old things because we're in union with him. Do you see how personal that oneness is with him? That, And when I say personal, what I'm saying is, is that, I mean, do you have this connection with him that you would rather, you know, you would rather suffer than fail to please God? That you would rather suffer the looks of other people, the opinions of other people, the shunning and the rejection of other people is like, I'm not giving him up, okay? I know him, not because I'm some religious fanatic or, you know, I'm trying to prove a point, but I am one with Jesus, the one who loved me so much that he gave himself for me dispensing his life into mine. He put his life into me, my spirit man. I am one with him. How real is that to you today, my friends? You see, the reading of the gospel, the the imbibing as, as, as an old word that talks about like drinking deeply and, and in mass quantities to imbibe, to to open up the spout and drink and drink of him. My friends, then when someone else comes along and says, well, I'm not going to be friends with you if you don't do this. I'm like, I'm going to miss you. You know, I really am, but I'm, I'm staying with Jesus. That's not going to come because you're some prideful, self-righteous, religious prig, <laughs> as the uh, old British would say. No, no, it comes because I know him. I know him and who he is to me and who I am to him because of him, because of the Godhead. This has to strike us. This is striking me new at new depths now is, you know, who, who will come and who will go? I don't know, but I'm, I will stay with him. That's the abiding. So when old atmospheric bondages come on you. You get into old circles of friends, you run into someone, or you begin to long for Egypt, right? It can come on any level. There's a place where we say, wait just a minute. Nothing old is of me any longer. My old identity has been, past tense, by God's doing, has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. The old man has been crucified and no longer lives. Now, not everyone has entered into that by being born again, but come on, especially those who are born again. That's pretty much who I'm talking to. Those who are born again. You are not the old man. It no longer lives. It's the new man that lives. That's who you are. And this has to become 
reality to us, revealed to us. That's how Paul was living, was by revelation. It had been revealed to him. Now, Peter, it had been revealed to him. And here in this moment, uh, Peter, again, our encouragement comes from reading the, the realness of their lives, is that it is completely possible, and I pray only temporarily, it is possible for us to come under the power of the seducing ways of sin, of this power known as sin, and we can yield ourselves to it and want more the attention and the favor of people than we do to stand in our favored position in Christ as those who Jesus himself calls his brethren. Mm, mm, mm. There is so much here in Galatians 2. So that's why, again, taking a second reading and making some comments, and I pray that they will cause you to think and to read and to meditate because remember what Jesus said in Mark 4 about verses 23-24. Be careful what you're listening to and what you're hearing because it's the amount of thought and study and meditation that you're giving back to it that determines how much it bears fruit in your life. Do not be a surface reader of the gospel. Do not say, oh yes, I know that. My friends, Of course, we know it. We have read it before. But this is, uh, I hope this doesn't come across wrong, but this is a living document. This is the living Word of God. It is active and sharp and able to cut and divide between spirit, soul, and body to reveal and to judge and to sift the thoughts and motivations. The Word of God is living. It's not a dead book that we will conquer. It is the living word of God. Let it pierce you today. Let it speak to you today. Whatever portions you are reading, we just happen to be focusing in on the book of Galatians. We want to stay true to him who is the word, to the gospel, his message and to live it out, I pray, as truth-tellers, as real messengers of the cross, who are the very message that they preach. That doesn't make you some perfect performer of Christian principles. Like, are you what you preach? Is this word being worked out in you? Are you allowing him to work deeply in you? So I hear from many of you, and I know that you are allowing it. I would love to hear from more of you. Always remember, you can email at nancy at nancymccrady.com. If you have thoughts, questions, uh, comments, um, I want to be able to receive that. Share Tent Talk podcast with others. Subscribe. Um, You know, in the social media world, in the podcast world, it's when people give five-star reviews and share it and subscribe and all of that is what helps to uh, promote it and to then have it passed on to more and more and more. 
people to be able to hear the message. So thank you so much for being a part of these early days of January 2023, where we're celebrating and thanking God uh, for the four years of Tent Talk podcast, and we're stepping into our fifth. And so I thank you for that. So think on these things, my friends, and be encouraged today. Love you all. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.